Good evening. Tonight is Monday, June 26th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is The Doctor's Opinion, and I am so pleased to welcome our speaker tonight, the wonderful, lovely Sally P. Thank you, Sally. Thank you. I'm up, I guess. Thank you so much. My name is Sally P. I'm probably going to cry because um, there's just some people on this meeting that mean so much to me. And some of you I don't know very well, but it, this meeting um, is the safest meeting for me. I've gone to a lot of meetings and I was asked to speak on this meeting a while ago and the love I felt and the acceptance um, was was something I hadn't felt in a long time in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. And that's why I keep coming back and I'm feeling in for somebody who couldn't um, had cancel. And so I was, you know, the doctor's opinion. All I can say is the doctor's opinion, where have you been all my recovery? I, I don't think I, in all my years of being in OA, I don't think I ever understood the doctor's opinion. Um, and I'm thankful that I, I get it now. And I, I was looking through the book. I'm like, my God, there's so many huge, great points in here. Where do I start? So um, I'm just, just going to start. Um, I'm recovered, but I'm not cured. Um, what I have is a daily reprieve. My abstinence today is a gift. I was out of ideas. I experienced torture when it came to the food. This is life and death illness for me. And this is the last house on the block for me. I've used up all my free passes. So I have to be here and I get frightened when it comes to speaking, but I have to. And so I just wanna talk a little bit about, you know, my insanity with the food and, and the insanity with the food in these rooms. Um, I found OA in 1981, I was 23 years old, I'm 65 now. And the first recollection I ever had with an abnormal attitude with food was, um, I loved my children's bear aspirin. And probably if I got my hand on it, I would have chugged the whole bottle. Um, I was obsessed. I was in a little classroom. I was probably four or five at, at a Bible study. My parents stuck me in it. And all I could focus on was the marshmallows on the top of the, the filing cabinet. I heard nothing else that was going on. And in my mind, I'm thinking about, okay, how can I get to those marshmallows? And as a young kid, I very creatively pulled the chair up, got up on that chair, pulled that bag of marshmallows down, only to find out it was a bag of cotton balls. But that's how young I was, and I was manipulating. So I was born a twin. I was a chubbier twin than my twin sister. I, I feel like this was genetically imprinted in me from a very, very young age. So um, I don't need to go into my food history, but I was a savage skid row binger. I was either for from eight years old until I found the rooms, either binging my brains out or on a diet. And I was, I was never in the middle. I was either losing or gaining. And I had this belief system that if I was thin, I would be lovable. I'd be successful. 
And that was, you know, that was jeweled into me by my by my family. I had a twin sister that I weighed 100 pounds more than her. And I was the black sheep of the family. And so being skinny was important to me and was important to my, my mother. And so um, when I finally moved out of the house, I, 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 I did Weight Watchers and actually lost 80 pounds on Weight Watchers and got skinny. But I was binging on pickles, you know. I was following their food plan, but I was binging on the pickles, all the free foods. And um, I moved to New York City when I was 21 to pursue a, a, a dream career in musical theater. And um, it just was too much for me. And my eating got out of hand and my and the scale was climbing and that was scaring the crap out of me. Am I going to get to be 220 pounds again? And so I literally opened up the phone book and ran my finger down the phone book. And, you know, what can I try this time? You know, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. And I came across Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm like, well, I think I went to one of those meetings years ago. Let me try that again. So I went in, I binged my way into the door walked upstairs, New York City, and there was people sitting in a circle, and they all had big books on their lap. And I heard for the first time that I wasn't, excuse my language, fucked up and insane and crazy, that I have a disease. And I was, and I I went, I went into that meeting binging, and I left and went out to dinner with my friends and watch them eat. I had no desire. It wasn't this, let's have the last meal, Sal. That was God. So I was blessed with abstinence my first meeting. And I, I, I went through the steps. And I, I didn't understand the steps, you guys, hardly at all. You know, my biggest fear was that ninth step because I had stolen so much money from my food, from my drugs, from my alcohol, from my fixes. And I was scared to death to face those people. So that was the big thing was, was the, the ninth step. And then I continued for years to live in one, two, and three. I had, I had a concept of God, but underneath that concept was still you're bad. You deserve to be punished. You don't deserve anything good. And so I, I basically worked a program of one, two, three, um, 11 and 12, because I had this God and I would pray to this God, you know, but I would pray things like, I want this career. Please help me get that, win that audition. Please help me, you know, fix this, fix that, you know, still, and I didn't realize it, running my life. You know, I, I, I gave God my food, but I didn't give him my career. I didn't give him anything else. At 23, it's hard to do that. And so fast forward, um, and, and in those years, I had a lot of painful things happened. My twin sister died from this disease at 44. Um, I didn't pick up the food, but I picked up alcohol. Um, that was the best I could do. And um, I just trudged. I kept trudging. I kept trudging. And then about six years ago, I... Um, I got honest with myself. I said, your recovery sucks because I was not emotionally sober. I was I was thin, but I was batshit crazy. And I did I didn't know what I was doing wrong. And I was I was it was all about the food plan. It was all about the food plan and what I looked like. And I got to the point where I couldn't manipulate and change my food. Every time I tried to eat less, nothing would happen. And I finally hit a bottom with that. And I said, I don't care if I lose another ounce. There's got to be more to this OA program 
than this obsession with me and my body. And the stuff I did and labeled it abstinence was, was I look back now and I'm like, whoa, talk about denial, like Weight Watchers and, and eating all my points and popcorn, you know? But I stuck to my points, you know? Um, uh, eating all my points and Weight Watcher fudge sickles, you know? But I stuck to my points and it was just this obsession with the food. And, and when I got into OA, I saw people sitting there with liters of diet soda next to them. So I'm like, it's okay to drink all this diet soda and chew all this gum. And that's what I did. And I'm not putting myself down for that. That was the best I could do at the time. I needed every bite. I needed every slip. I still needed a crutch. I put down the sugar, but I still it was that something in my mouth all the time. And, and I, I don't want to say I didn't get any recovery. I had, I experienced the promises through that. I had times where I'm like, all those promises were coming true, but I didn't realize that it was all about the food plan and my weight. And um, five years ago, I ran into a friend that I met in the OA rooms who, um, was affiliated with a treatment center in Minnesota, and he had put together a five-day retreat where people that want to get off the food can go and get off the food and get into the work of the big book and be introduced to the big book. And, and he said, you need to go to this, Sally, because I finally got honest. I finally shared with another person that I think I'm a phony in this program. And so he made the suggestion. I'm like, what do you mean? I could probably run your program. That was my thought. And he said, you have got to go back to basics and you have to have this beginner mind. So I signed up for this retreat. I wasn't binging. I wasn't overeating, but I had didn't have a tribe. I didn't have a sponsor. There were no meetings around me. I was trying to do it by myself. And um, I went to this retreat. And the first thing we had to do for one of our meals was they made us go up to the serving table and there were scales there. We had to weigh and measure our food. And for me, it's like, no. I don't want to weigh and measure my food. I've been in this program way too long. That's beginner bullshit. And, and that voice in my head that my friend said, you have to have a beginner mind and your way wasn't working. So I was like, I really gave myself permission to let go. That set aside prayer. God, help me let go of everything I think and I know about my disease, this program, these steps, and you. I need a new experience. And I had you know, 35 years of what I thought was a good program. 10 minutes. Yeah, 10 minutes, thank you. And so I I continued and I went and I, every meal I had there, I weighed and measured and they opened the book to the doctor's opinion. And I never understood that there were still foods that I was ingesting. For me, you know, what do you mean coffee made coffee creamer triggers me? It triggers me. And then I want more. And then I'm hyper from all the coffee. And then I want this to bring me down. It just, you know, I didn't know that diet hot cocoa leads me back to, you know, I never got into the sugar, but it was back into the, oh, I can, I can justify diet, five diet hot cocos. That's the kind of absence that works for me at this time. And when I went to this treatment center, I had to let go of all of that. And it was really scary. And one of the things that came to me was um, the last day we were in a meditation and I was just beating myself up because it was like, you have screwed around in this program for all these years. 
what, what were you doing? And I heard this voice come over me that said, you have got to forgive yourself. You did the best you could at the time. You've got to love and forgive yourself. And that's why, you know, I, I, I just, if, if I'm working with someone and they have a slip, I'm not going to fire you. I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to tell you you're, I'm not. Because if we could do it on our own, we could do it on our own. But because of the doctor's opinion, I was like, oh, my God, I'm still ingesting foods. So I finally, after all these years, put food back in its proper place and followed a, a, a guided food plan from a nutritionist. And I still do that to this day. Um, things have happened in my recovery with the food down. I mean, life happens. And pain comes up. And right now, I have a family member that's in crisis. And it is so painful. But I'm not eating. I don't even want to eat. I mean, it's not even a thought. And, and I, I, we're setting ourselves up when we think that we put the food down and it's all roses. And that's bullshit. It's, it's my experience. So right now, the food is down. And I'm getting to feel the feelings of patterns that I've created in my life at 65 years of patterns, ways of thinking. I can't blame the other people anymore. I have to look at the steps help me look at my thinking and my old ideas and the roles I give you and me and my family and the world and how when you guys are not following those rules and those roles, I don't like it. And I want to get in there and I want to rearrange it. And that it says in the book, big book, you know, we want to direct, we want to be the director. So I have to let go of being the director of my life and everyone else's life. And I need help doing that. I don't know how to do that. And, and so this pain I'm in today, I'm saying, you're not doing anything wrong, Sally. You're, if you're doing anything, you're doing right. You're feeling it. Because I used to think that if I was working this program right, I wouldn't feel bad, that I would be living on those promises all the time. I know that when I wake up tomorrow, I probably won't, uh, tomorrow I probably won't cry all day because I've cried all day today. I've done this cleansing. And the bottom line is I didn't pick up. And, and that is a gift for me. And so I can't look at any, I can't look at my spirituality if the food is, is not down. And we're talking all the stuff that I run to that gives me a high, the alcohol, the drugs, the painkillers, the gum, the diet soda. I, I, I've messed with all that stuff in, in the rooms. I can't do it anymore. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful that that stuff doesn't work for me. So I have to practice complete abstinence. And my food is very, very simple because I, I get it that I have a disease. I am of the hopeless kind. I have run out of options. And that's the thing. It says the, the old reading in the book on, I think, we agnostics is, is read through this again. And if you don't agree, throw it away, go out there, drink some more, eat some more. And I had to flounder for many years. Until, Five minutes. Thank you. Until I was given this beautiful gift of abstinence. And today, even though I felt 
abandoned by God. And why me? Why is this happening again? I know underneath it all that my God is not sitting there judging me for what I'm feeling, for what I'm doing. If anything, he's saying, please let go of those old ideas that you don't deserve recovery. You don't deserve a beautiful life and let me give that to you. But you guys, it's not easy. And it starts with putting the food down. And that's the first step. We put the food down and it's hard. And then we work through the steps to look at the spiritual malady. And I'm constantly being shown more and more what I'm powerless over. So I don't want to talk anymore. I I, I, I want to sing a song because I love to sing. And music has been uh, my direct connection to God. There's just something about the vibration of music. And so many songs that are out there, people sing about pain and, and how they've gotten through it, leaning on God. And so this song is called Japanese Bowl. It's written by Peter Mayer. And there's a story about um, how when a bowl cracks, in Japan, they fill it with gold. I just and feel free to close your eyes. I hope I can get through it without cracking or crying. But I want you guys to hear this because we're we're all Japanese bowls, and we're being filled with gold. We are, but it, it those cracks hurt, and with the fellowship and with God, and these steps, we don't have to turn to the food, and we can walk through the stuff that we couldn't walk through before. So. It's called Japanese Bowl. <clears throat> I'm like one of those Japanese bowls that were made long ago. I have some cracks in me. They have been filled with gold. That's what they used back then when they had a bowl to mend. It did not hide the cracks. It made them shine instead. So now every old star shows from every time I broke and anyone's eyes can see I'm not what I used to be. But in a collector's mind, all of these jagged lines make me more beautiful, worth a much higher price. I'm like one of those Japanese bowls I was made long ago. I have some cracks you can see. See how they shine of gold. Thank you, guys. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Oh, Sally, thank you. Oh, thank you, my love. That was so beautiful. Oh, oh my goodness. Where's the script? <clears throat> oh, okay. Um, 
We'll now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate to the chapter uh, being studied this week, which is the doctor's opinion. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine on your own, when you're on the phone. Uh, I'll call the raised hands in order and Kelly will ask you to unmute. Rich, would you please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up? If the speaker's asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Joe, would you please share with us? Hi, everyone. I'm Joe. Um, sadly, that was an awesome share. That was an awesome song, too. Um, I, it's really wonderful to hear more about the doctor's opinion. It's a chapter that I've read before. Um, I have a, um, I guess maybe because my, maybe perhaps my notion of spirituality is different, I think, in, in a lot of ways from what I usually hear in 12-step programs. Um, it's, it's good to hear um, reminders of things that I, glossed over in my judgment of reading it, um, that we cannot do this alone. Um, and there is something else that's, that's escaping me. Um, I, I, I just wanted to share um, a couple of things. Um, oh, in forgiveness and gentleness when things are really tough. Um, uh, I've been with my partner for uh, 20, I think 22 years for coming up on, or 21, yeah, 21 years. And um, his family is very, very much my family. Um, his parents are my um, adoptive, unofficially, but they're, they're the family that I've created. And um, yesterday morning, his uncle committed suicide and we've spent, um, a lot of time with the family over this past day and the house has been inundated <laughs> with like, there, there's like four cakes and pies and cupcakes and just an insane amount of stuff. And then I'm also I'm an alcoholic and um, boxes of box wine and liquor. And I needed to be there. I needed to be supportive. And I tried to be mindful of what I was eating and um, I ate um, a lot of junk and it just didn't make my body feel good. And my dietary program is intuitive eating. And so that was a blessing to me to be able to say, I don't like how this is making me feel physically um, and say, this is, but you know, going out with everything that's going on, it, it didn't really seem like, <laughs> it was that was my struggle, like finding something healthier when just what we were going through. Um, so there was that. Um, and I wanted to tell on myself that I did think about grabbing a glass of wine. I didn't, but I thought about it, you know? Um, and it's the thing that helps me with that is saying that I'm um, telling that myself for this. Um, the other thing that I really wanted to reflect on was Sally's song about Kintsugi. 
um, that Japanese art of restoring ceramics. Um, it's such a beautiful, well, it's a beautiful song, but it's such a beautiful notion itself. And um, I love painting my nails. Um, these are done by a salon, <laughs> but I, um, I have my own set and I'm not the greatest painter. And but I, I, I enjoy doing it and I'm always getting my hands into something. And so they're always chipping, they're always breaking. And then I'm, I thought to myself while I was doing this, um, when I do this, I, like, okay, so I guess I have to just, you know, get nail polish remover out and take the whole nail off and, you know, and start over. Um, but then um, I got like a fine nail brush and um, I said, okay, well, I might just clean up the cracks and then I'll put in a polish of a different color. And then I'm going to take a little line and draw a little bit of gold paint right in between those two different colors. Um, and it's a little meditation on that idea that, yeah, we are broken. Finder, but, no. the, but the, okay, the process of putting things back together really is, um, it's important. It, the process of putting things back together brings us, um, it shows parts of ourselves that we wouldn't otherwise see. And it's just a real, little reminder to myself that there's beauty and brokenness. Um, which is really also what that song is about. And that I, you don't have to start over. It's just showing up is a lot. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Next, we have Betty S. Go ahead, Betty. Hi, I'm Betty. I'm a, S, a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. And I'm hard to talk. Dear Sally, my friend. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. You know I love you. <laughs> You've caught my tears in your bowl many times. <laughs> and you know, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to hear your share today and their message. Because no matter how short or long we're here, we're only here today. And recovery doesn't mean all roses and pigtails and and happiness and I'm coming up on that. I'm finding it out more and more and I'm accepting it more and more. And that's okay because I'm not in the food by the grace of God and that alone is the miracle. I appreciate you sharing the message because it's so important for me to hear. It's so important for all of us to hear. That's what this is all about. Share our strength and hope, our experiences. We're not bad people. We're spiritually ill we're it's a spiritual malady and then i always just thought i was sick and crazy so i just i don't have a lot to say i just want to say thank you and thank you everybody for being here this is a moment um to remember <laughs> your song was beautiful as are you god bless my past thank you betty and next we have Leslie Kay. Go ahead, Leslie. Hey, hi, everyone. My name is Leslie, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Very grateful to be here tonight with you, celebrating my uh, second uh, year of, of abstinence in this group. Is this is my this is these are my people, these my group. This is where I love, this is where I live, this is where I recover, this is where I find more about myself. 
And I'm just so thrilled that I have done this with you. Um, I've done it many times in the past and it has never been like this. So uh, not to say that I can read the tea leaves for the future, but um, we leave for Spain on Thursday and I have neutrality, um, which I really believe that I captured for the first time this time around, two years ago. We went to Spain two years ago. I had 30 days um, of abstinence. And when it says you can go anywhere and do anything, um, it's true. I stayed abstinent. I had neutrality while I was there and I've had it since. And it is like a miraculous experience to have neutrality. I have never had neutrality around food. I've always thought, I got this. It's just, I just got to get the weight off and then I can return to blah, blah, blah. I don't feel that way anymore. I know this disease is out to kill me. So, um, and, and Sally, um, I've never seen you more beautiful, more vulnerable, more open, more everything. Delicious, really delicious. Honestly, I am so grateful that I heard you tonight. There, you were, you were in the zone. You dropped in and never came out. You know, it was really exquisite to hear you share. And thank you all for being here and for letting me share too. Thanks. Thank you, Leslie Kay. And happy, happy, happy second OA birthday to you. Thank you for all of the service that you give to this group and the love that you bring to this community. Sorry, folks, for the little bit of it, but just, you know, two years of one day at a time is a miracle. So happy birthday, Leslie. And thank you for your testimony that this program works. Lisa, you're up, my friends. Hello, Lisa, compulsive overeater. Oh, Sally, that was just, just beautiful. It was just so beautiful. Thank you so, so much. And I did, I closed my eyes and I just felt like you were singing to me. Um, it was really, really nice. Um, I also, I, I love, um, oh goodness, the first thing those, those marshmallows that were cotton balls. It's like a knife in the heart, right? It's like, oh, oh my God, I could feel it. I could feel that. Um, and that, I think that's when, you know, you're a real compulsive overeater, <laughs> you know, um, at least for me. Um, and I also, I really, really love how you, um, I'm so grateful you don't fire sponsees and they have a slip, you know, I, I, I mean, when I'm sponsoring, I'm, I'm, I, I'm the same way. I, I don't know. I, I guess it just goes along with my experience, you know, and I've had lots and lots of slips in this program. Um, and so I, I really appreciate how you brought up that you were doing the very best. I remember my mom telling me that years ago, like you're doing the very best. And I would always be like, no, 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 you're wrong. You're wrong. You know, and I never believed her. And it was just, you know, it was my upbringing, you know, it just wasn't good enough kind of thing. But, but when she would tell me that it's like, I just wouldn't believe her. Um, 
But then, you know, the longer I've been around this program and um, it's like, God, my higher power has revealed himself in such a, oh, such a loving way also to understand that we have, we have an illness, you know, I used to think it was just, I was ashamed because I couldn't stay abstinent or I would relapse. And then my sponsor, you know, sometimes I'd, I'd call her, I'd be like, I, I ate. And she's like, of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. You're a compulsive overeater. Not to give me an excuse, but of course I did. So I love how you talked about how there were times in your life where you're doing the best you could. I'm in one of those places. I don't know. I see so many people and I look at them and I think they just do this thing perfectly. And honestly, y'all, I don't think I'm ever going to, you know, for me, I, I, um, I got sober almost 23 years ago. I put that down. I put down the cigarettes, put down the men. Um, and the food is, it, it's so hard. It's just hard, but that doesn't mean I don't, I don't deserve to be here um, and to celebrate with everybody. Okay, that's my time. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Um, Yvonne is next. Go ahead, my friend. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Yvonne, a recovered compulsive overeater. And Sally, it's so funny. I don't think you and I have ever had a phone conversation together. We've texted a bit about service on this meeting. But there's just something about you. Um, you are vulnerable. You let us see your soul. Um, I look at you and I just feel like the spirituality oozes from you. And I mean, you heard tonight somebody say you've never looked more beautiful. And to me, it's like, how could you not? How, how could you be more beautiful when there's that much? spirituality just bursting from you so thank you and there was so much in your share that I related to and in the context of the doctor's opinion that was like gold for me coming into the rooms of OA I had never heard anything like that before never in that kind of context and so to hear that I wasn't just a bad person who wasn't good enough um, and that whole, I would be lovable if I was thin. I just thought if I could just do everything else in my life perfect, maybe it would make up for the fact that I was morbidly obese. Maybe could, people could look past it if I was good enough at everything else. Um, but of course, and they may have, but it never mattered to me. I still had that huge hole that could never be filled by anything, even though I was trying to, I was trying to fill it with food. Um, but it's just not a hole that's fillable with food. Um, last, last meals. Yeah. Sunday nights became last dinner at, you know, that was the last supper night uh, every week. It was like, yeah, this is going to be the last one. Um, and reminding myself to have a beginner's mind. I'm in this place right now. That's kind of weird. Cause I was away on vacation for three weeks and I'm struggling a bit. The food is louder than it would typically be. Um, it's not hard. I mean, the doctor's opinion says that it's not that we're never going to have the desire to have something again, but that we're going to be able to easily control it. And so I'm still in that place of being e able to easily control it, but I'm not used to even having to 
to be thinking about it. And so I need to set aside everything I think I know about what I need to be doing to get back to that place of food neutrality and just start doing whatever it is that I feel God tell me is the next right step in that moment. And not, I was speaking with someone today who was like, well, who cares if you don't meditate first thing in the morning, if you don't get to it, meditate later in the day. And it's like, whoa, that's blowing my mind. Such a simple concept. And yet it's like, what? Meditate later in the day. No, that's just not right. So I have to let go of that, that belief system that you talked about. It's like, yeah, I beliefs. thanks, Rich. Um, and I'll just wrap up with yes, this is not easy. And this program of recovery doesn't mean we aren't going to feel uncomfortable. Life can be uncomfortable, but we get the privilege of feeling it. Thank you for reminding of us that. And I am big love. Thank you, Sally. Thanks so much, Yvonne. Um, now I'm going to ask the Zoom host to stop the recording. <clears throat>